Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. How many, how many married people in the room wave at me? All right. Awesome. Well, glad you're here. How many, uh, how many single people in the room? But all right. And maybe you have, you know, you might have some love going on, but it's just not official marriage yet. And uh, then some are maybe like truly single. But anyway, um, I'm so glad you're here. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, it's, it, this morning, my wife uh, looked at me and she said, she said, every day is Valentine's Day with you. Yeah. I mean, she didn't actually say it out loud. But I, I'm pretty sure she was thinking it. I wouldn't say I'm sure she was thinking it. I'm hoping that I'm planting the thought in her head now, as I said. Maybe, maybe that's what it is, but uh, I mean, I believe it's true anyway. So as long as one of us believes it, it's all good. But uh, no, I love uh, my wife. I, um, yeah, she's my girlfriend too. That, my, my Valentine's card I got her literally was, it just said to my girlfriend, because uh, She's been my girlfriend for a long time, so we are married as well, but uh, it works out great. Uh, we've been married for 32 years, I think, right? And so that brings us to a segue to, to, to talk about your guys' Valentines. Uh, so Pastor Matt, uh, talk to me about your Valentine and how long y'all been married. Well, I married my high school sweetheart. Yeah. Everybody say aw. Come on. Aw. Yeah, so... Um, Got married in 2000, so we're going on 24 years. Wow. So we're going to celebrate this weekend because we've had a busy day. Yeah. So that's our plan. <laughs> that's awesome. So I've known or been married to my Valentine for now two and a half years. We got married in May of 2021. Awesome. <laughs> to make sure I the right year. We met, we were dating in 2020. So 2020 is like the, the big year where everything just kind of happened. But 2021. <laughs> married, May 2021. We had Valentine's last night, and so get that out of the way. We wanted to spend a lot of money today, so yeah. yesterday was our dinner. So That's awesome. So my Valentine and I have been married 22 years as of Friday. This coming Friday, Friday yeah. Yes. It will be our anniversary, so we always roll Valentine's and our anniversary together. Um, he gets out of one of them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. So we're going to just do some some events around the area this weekend to yeah. celebrate. Well, um, I want to thank these guys for being up here with me tonight. Um, being, being tonight, of course, being Valentine's Day, and, and uh, so over the next uh, seven days or so, we're going to be covering um, some things concerning uh, relationships and, um, and love uh, towards other people and uh, even what it means to kind of um, also love ourselves in a biblical way. So we're going to cover uh, some of those things um, when we'll launch that tonight. This weekend, uh, I'll be speaking, uh, at, well, we'll be speaking at all the campuses on uh, kind of love and um, marriage and, and, um, and what it means to be really just in a, a, in a romantic relationship, doing it God's way. Uh, so we'll be talking about that this weekend. Uh, and then uh, next, one week from tonight, 
we'll do a, 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 another panel with some, some, um, um, some different people, and that panel will be a little bit more uh, about loving uh, other people and kind of what, what it looks like and how to do that. So uh, the message this weekend will kind of be this, the centerpiece of these two discussions where it's kind of going deeper with us. We're launching into it this tonight, uh, and then next Wednesday night we'll kind of unpack and go deeper into uh, the message uh, this last what will, what will be this coming Sunday. So anyway, thank you guys for being here, and, uh, and uh, we're, we're just going to have some, some cool perspectives here. Um, as we talk about, as, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about somewhat of a controversial concept uh, in this idea of loving yourself um, and what that looks like from a biblical perspective. It's, it's, uh, it's not uh, necessarily maybe what the, you know, what the world's definition of that is, but Jesus did talk about that, that that was kind of a part of, of really our love for him and our love for other people. Um, it's Matthew chapter 22 is where he said that. Um, but in verse 38 of, of Matthew 22, that's where he said, they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, of all your strength. So at the foundation, before we talk about like, oh, I, I've got to accept myself and love myself. Before we get to any of that, we do start with love the Lord. If, if I don't love the Lord, no amount of self-praise or self-promotion or none of it, it all just reeks of pride at that point. So it, it does begin with loving the Lord, and the church can say amen to that, all right? So he does start with that, but then the second thing he says in verse 39 he says, love others as much as you love yourself. So Jesus does present this thought, this premise, like maybe we don't know how to love somebody else if we don't know how to love ourselves. Um, and so that's good advice for all the single people in the room. If you are looking at like potential mates, um, I just to be honest, like I would steer clear of somebody that doesn't love themselves because they're going to have a tough time loving you. I'm getting into the me and I'm answering, I mean, ask questions. I'm just answering them all right here. So forgive me. All right, let's jump into some questions. Thank you guys so much for being here uh, tonight. So Betsy, let me ask you a question first. Um, Betsy has served, uh, served as our, uh, the head of our counseling department here um, for about five years. Um, she now serves at Advent Health over a team of uh, mental health counselors, and man, she's, she's just doing incredible stuff, but uh, been in our church for a bunch of years. I actually did our uh, internship way back when, and uh, one of my favorite things about Betsy is that uh, she grew up, we grew up right, right close to each other, not at the same time, but <laughs> anyway, I can dream. Uh, but anyway, Kansas City. She grew up in Kansas City, so she also did have a good night Sunday night. That's all I'm going to say about that. Go Chiefs. All right. So... Are there, Betsy, are there any uh, like mental health tools that align with this biblical version of loving ourselves, and kind of how, how does that like intersect with maybe some of these, some of the mental health tools that are out there? Yeah, there is an entire genre. It's an entire theory of cognitive behavioral um, treatment, and it really focuses in on the mind. Um, it so correlates uh, with the word of God because we are to guard our minds. We are to um, focus our minds on things that are pure. And, and God speaks so much about our mind. Um, with cognitive behavioral therapy, it's looking at what are your thoughts? What are leading up to those thoughts? 
And what do you need to do to address those thoughts? Um, it's, it takes time to process through that in therapeutic settings, but it's something that even though the world doesn't know it's based and, and the scientists aren't basing it on the word of God, it's really based on truth. Because when our minds are aligned with truth, then we are set free from behaviors that bring us difficulties and negative consequences. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else want to add anything to that? I heard a, uh, a quote one time that I like, kind of what you're saying, but it just says, our mind is the control tower of our life. And if you really think about that, uh, it, it's, it's so true that how we're thinking, and, and I'll, I'll bring scripture into this because Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. So what we're thinking about, that controls our behavior. It may not uh, seem like it right away, but eventually how we're processing things and, and what we're thinking and how we're thinking, it affects our everyday, our everyday lives. So if we're thinking wrong, it's gonna flesh out in, in a negative way in, in bad things and toxic things for our life. And uh, I heard uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel talk about this a little bit uh, on a podcast, and I jotted down a few things that he said just because uh, I think it's an area that all of us can grow in, but it was something that I really needed to work on in my life at the time, and I, I still use this. So if you don't know who Pastor Craig is, Pastor Craig is, uh, he's a pastor of a church of like 85,000 people. Okay, so he's doing significant things for God. In fact, the Bible app that you probably have downloaded on your phone, his, his ministry was responsible for producing that. And I just say that because like he's got a lot of responsibility. He's uh, kind of doing some things for the Lord. And so it would, it would seem like, oh, of course he's thinking, right? Because he's got a lot going for him, in other words. But he says he does this every single day. Uh, he wakes up, he goes into his office. He, he looks at a picture of Billy Graham in his office, and you know, Billy Graham has, has passed away, but it reminds him of how, how short life is. So it kind of just gets him in the, the right frame of mind, okay, I gotta make today count. And he reads these things, and he calls them his declarations. One is this, Jesus is first in my life, I exist to serve and glorify him. And he says it out loud, and like when you first hear it, you're like, of course, that's a truth. But hear this, awesome man of God is that's doing crazy good things for the Lord. He's still saying this out loud. He goes, I love people and believe the best about others. Some of us need to say that tomorrow morning, right? It's like, yeah, if I default, I'm not gonna believe the best about other people and I'm probably gonna be critical. But it's like he's, he's reframing his mind in the right things. Or I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Uh, the next one is I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. And I've, I've used this one before because uh, it, it just helps uh, keep your mind on the things of God and what the truth is about God over, at least over my life. My preaching is powerful because God's word is alive and I'm gifted by God to communicate his life-changing truth. Like, why would he have to remind himself of this? He's doing great things, right? Yet every day he's, he's doing these things. It's a, it's a pretty long a list. Another one is I bring my best today. And then the one that he closes with is the world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. And I just I think better. that's so cool. That's do you feel awesome. better? I do. Yeah. I feel better. That's good. So let's pray, shall we? No. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, I, I think one of the, the reasons why uh, this, this battle of our mind and, and certainly how we perceive ourselves, uh, one of the problems is this is, it's so invisible to everyone else. And so, man, we can really, we can really go through 
some really dark and, and down moments and kind of put the, you know, just the facade smile on our face and, and really no one really knows how much we are battling this inner turmoil and how, how maybe hard we're being on ourselves. And um, so because it's, I don't know, because it's invisible, it, it is maybe, it increases its deadliness uh, to our effectiveness and to our potential. Um, so uh, Israel, uh, let, let me ask you a question here. Why, why do you think it's so easy for us to see, like we can see the best in everybody else, but then why is it so hard for us to see some of that in us, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really easy to always, well, first of all, you have social media who constantly people are posting their best sides of themselves, and I think that's a very practical way why it's like, okay, it's super easy to see what is good in other people, but I think we are constantly aware of our shortcomings all the time. I know I failed in this. I know I shouldn't have done this. And then obviously we come to church, we hear the word, and then you're like, I know what I did wrong. I know the sin that's in my life. Only you know the thoughts that go on in your head. You know what's the desires that are in your heart that you haven't surrendered to the Lord. You know that really what's going on in your heart. And so then you, you compare the worst side of yourself, the deepest, darkest, just parts of your heart, and you compare that to what the world presents, which is, man, all is good, I'm, I'm, I am thriving, I am doing so great. And so then we can, con we can constantly be comparing ourselves to people's best sides when we, if we're honest, everyone is going through maybe something difficult or life is not perfect. They also uh, need Jesus just as much as you need Jesus or as I need Jesus. And so it's super easy to like, look at other people and say, they got it all together. You know, you might be looking at us right now. I'm like, wow, they got, they, they, they're talking about self-love. They seem like they have it all together with self-love. But let me tell you, when I saw the list of panelists, <laughs> I was like, I don't know that I have self-love, guys. Look at these. No, listen, Pastor Johnny, Pastor Matt, Betsy are people that I honor and I love very, very much. And I've looked up to for many, many years. But it's like I was just sharing, I know the things that I've struggled with. I know, not just that I'm struggling with now, but I know the things that I've done. I know the sin that I've committed. I know all that God has brought me out of in Jesus' name, but I've known all the things that I've done. And so then, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I know that you've put me here for a reason, but it's very, you know, even I had to come before the Lord. I said, no, God, I'm here for a reason. I know that you've called me. I know that you've, you've placed me here. And so even I had to, uh, you know, do a little bit of self-love, yeah. like even approaching this, because I know what I've done. I know all the things that, that, that I've said. Can we, can we dive a little deeper uh, into, you know, Israel talking about social media and, and its effect? And so um, that there is, there's probably some good that has come from social media. <laughs> Nobody knows what it is, but I'm sure there's probably some good that has come from it. But it, it boy, it can really, it is really causing some damage and it's, and yet it's so addictive and so these, these feelings of inferiority and, and insecurity, we're feeling them as we're looking, but yet we can't stop looking. It's just such a, it's such a weird, toxic relationship that we have with this. You probably, you probably have some, some things to share on this, but can we, can we just Definitely. camp on this for a second? Just talk about the, the, 
uh, maybe the danger of social media in some ways. Yeah, the increase of depression and anxiety, especially in young people, has risen so significantly since the dawn of social media. Um, suicide rates have escalated, and we do see the correlation with COVID. However, um, the social media boom where exactly what you're saying, Israel, is that we're constantly looking at other people's perfection or what they paint as perfection. We're not even seeing what's outside of the frame. You know, when you take your pictures, you can zoom in to what's the perfect part. And so we're not seeing and, any of it. Hold that. on real quick. Some of the apps are literally yeah, like recreating your face as you're doing it. And so True. some of you girls are looking at these girls going, oh, I'll, I'll never be that pretty. She's not that pretty. Like yeah. it's literally, yeah. it's literally recreating her face for the post. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Adding glasses, adding makeup, adding everything. Yeah. It's just so problematic because it's hard to measure up to that. Um, and then I, I love what you were saying because I think even as we get older, we're still fighting that. I, I don't approach these events as things that it's like, oh yeah, I've got it together. No, it's, it's, it's an honor, it's a privilege, but it's also like I have to check and, and pause and look at myself and say, okay, God, you have, it's going back to the loving God. God, you have given me purpose and you have given me a calling. And so I'm just going to walk in that and yeah. what comes of that and, and being prayerful about that. But the social media piece, I mean, we can get lost in that and um, definitely take us down a depression road or an anxiety road. And we see how, how much we can improve when we step back, when we fast from social media. There's such a freedom from that. Um, as you were talking, I, I thought of, I just read the study that 90% of our thoughts are basically trash. So only 10% of what we're thinking about is, is beneficial. And that's a, you know, just a scientific study, whatever. But if that's the case, then probably 90% of what we're seeing, what we're experiencing, it's, it's not things to pay attention to. We need to really hone in on that 10% that's beneficial and, and helpful to us. Yeah. Anything else on that? Yeah, I was talking with somebody, you know, you mentioned that social media isn't reality, like it's just this made up version of somebody's events and it's, it's not real. So I was talking with somebody and they had gone on a, on a trip, it was actually an anniversary trip, and they'd posted, oh, we had a great time, and went on and on about this wonderful experience, and that was all, you know, posted on, on social media. And then I pulled him aside and I said, oh, so you had a good trip? He's like, oh, no, not, not really. And I was like, no, I'm talking about the one that you just posted like a few days ago. You had a great time, right? And, and they didn't have a good time. It wasn't the greatest experience or whatever, but yet that's what was out there for the world to see. And so the comparison trap is always, always uh, toxic. It's always just a, a dangerous, slippery slope to, to, uh, or trap to fall into, uh, but especially when it's not even comparing to reality. You know, it's, it's, it's something that you can never win. And so that's why just making sure that you're taking, I remember I, I preached a message when I was preaching to middle schoolers, very visual, right? So I had a, a trash bag in my hand. And I'm like, when thoughts come into your mind, you have, to, you have to filter it this way. Is it truth or is it trash? And if it's trash, what do you do? You take that, that thought, make it obedient to Christ if it's not what God thinks about you or not God's will over your life, and you simply just discard that, and then you just start to dwell and think on the good things and, and the true things about your life, so. 
Yeah, I, um, I would say this to parents too. Like, this is at the very least worth conversations with uh, with your kids and with teens and whatever. Like, at the very least, you, at least needs to be a conversation of 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 what how they're processing social media. Uh, I, I would encourage um, supervision in that area uh, by you. Um, you know, probably putting some limits and um, and so as I'm saying that for, you know, for potential, for parents who might have uh, teens or tweens or whatever that are starting to, to, to step into that zone, um, the same would be true for us too. Uh, that we would, it's, it's just, it's funny how some of us could sit here and hear this stuff and go, man, that's true, it does make me feel some kind of way and then we, j- we just don't change anything. And um, I remember during the fast, uh, on one of the prayer nights, we, we did a 21-day fast start of the year, right? And so some people had fasted social media as part of that. And I remember reading one of the praise cards that was written, and the person was just talking about how, how radically it changed their outlook to, uh, to be away from that for three weeks. And, uh, and so... Um, you know, you, if, if, if you've never done that and you're struggling with maybe some of the inner dialogue, that, boy, that's a great first step to try. It's a great first thing to just go, well, maybe if I eliminate this, let's see how this affects my thought process. Maybe I'll go from 90% trash to 88, like whatever. Like, we'll, we'll see some improvement happen. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, thanks for your comments on that. Go ahead. Yeah, can I just add too, um, I've, we all have been on social media it's not just to the posts of people's lives. Um, there's things about travel. You know, me and my wife, we love traveling. So our algorithm is full of all these, like, travel things and people traveling. And even just, like, seeing other people travel, even if they're not trying to be, I'm the best. No, just seeing their travels and where they traveled is like, why am I here? And so you grow so, like, like not content with where you're at because you're constantly looking at like not just the best in people but just all the possibilities of what could be and where you could have been or um so we have to be careful too that it's and even all these money hacks oh you can make money by doing this and side hustle and make money i mean we've all seen them it's all come across our feed and so then you start to feel man am i not like i don't have i I haven't been able to buy a home i haven't been able to uh save this much money i don't make this much money look at them they're this old and they're making all this money they have all this before you looked at those you thought you were enjoying your life i thought yes before that i was like man god has been so good to me and then i'm looking at that i'm like god i feel like you're missing you're 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 holding out on me right now and so we it's not even just the pictures of like oh look at their life but just in general like the, the money, how to make money, then it's constantly inspiring, like, lack of content. Oh, I need to do something. I need to change something. I need to do something right now. And I've experienced that. Like, I've done that. I've yeah. walked away watching a video, and I'm like, well, I need to go on that website and sign up to, you know, make all that money on the side hustle that, you know, and you're like, what's going on right now? Yeah. I'm content. The Lord has provided. Like, me, me and my wife have trusted the Lord with our finances I don't need to do that. Now, if the Lord were to open up the door and that's where God's calling us, then amen. And that's where God's calling you, amen. Yeah. But it's not, that was not inspired as I'm scrolling through Instagram or it's not inspired out of trust in the Lord. It's inspired out of insecurity and looking at other people and what they have. And so yeah. even that, like I we love need to that. be careful that's with good. that. And God forbid that you see an ad 
for something to buy on Instagram. And then, you know, like lip plumping gloss. I don't know if any of you have ever thought about that. Yeah, and then you just buy one and then they convince you to buy two. No, three, because you're gonna love it so much. And then you've spent all kinds of money that you don't even need. That's awesome. Uh, let's go. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum and um, and talk about, you know, maybe this idea of of the out of balance love of self. And so uh, the world has plenty to say about that. I mean, you can go read a hundred books on it. Um, let's talk about that that end of the the out of balance side. Maybe what that looks like. What are the symptoms of that? Where does that come from? Can you love yourself too much? Is that even possible? What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, in psychology, it can go, you hear the word narcissistic all the time, but it really can develop a narcissistic personality disorder. But it's just that such an overemphasis on self, on pleasure, on presenting yourself in this perfect way. Um, even self-care can go out of control. That You know, we, we hear self-care all the time, but um, sometimes that can go overboard because you're, you're maybe spending too much on ads or different things that, to make money. Um, just overemphasis and avoiding, um, when you know Notice that you're not paying attention to your family or you're not investing in things that help your family or help your community, help your church, help the kingdom of God, and your emphasis is on taking care of you, then you're going too far. And I mean, the, the personality disorder, that's a whole nother conversation, but um, we do see that, you know, where, where people um, build a network of people that serve them and there can be such manipulation involved in that. Anyone, any add on that? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's important to make sure that um, we understand when we say self-love, it's not talking yourself into being great. You're like, oh, I'm amazing. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna rock it. You know, you wake up and you just hype yourself up. I think the affirmations, I love those because they were so Christ-centered. Um, and so it's a reminder, as you're aff aff affirming yourself, it's a reminder of really the source of where all that comes from. But it, when we talk about self-love, it's not talking about convincing yourself that you're good enough. What we're trying to say is that self-love is understanding who you are in Christ. Yeah. And so then it's not necessarily going like you're tipping the scales like, okay, well, I've been really insecure, so I just need to like you know, overcompensate and convince myself that, you know what, I do deserve that. And I, and I, and which we can convince ourselves of doing that. Maybe we have people around us be like, yeah, you need to fight for what you deserve. And you need to, it's like, amen. But also really what we need to first do is find ourselves secure in Christ. Um, I'm going to read off a couple of verses. We did this exercise, not, it was an exercise. It was part of an altar call at The Voice a couple of months ago, maybe about a year ago. And I was going through a season where I wasn't feeling too hot on myself. Like, I'm like, I don't feel great about where I'm at or maybe some of the decisions that I've made. And, and so, or like everything was fine, but in my head, I was like convinced myself that I was not okay. And so they kind of read a couple of these scriptures. And so uh, this is who God says you are, right? So this is how you can find a little bit of security like in, in, in Christ. So first, you're a new creation. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
And so you're new. You're, people can say, like, you can't change. You know, you're just the same person. Well, no, because the Bible says I'm a new creation. You're, you're forgiven. It says in, in 1 John 2, 12, I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. You're forgiven. The things that you've done in the past, those are long gone. And so we don't need, we don't need to be like um, thinking about all the things that we used to do or that we did that grieved the Lord. We can, we can walk away from that because Jesus uh, forgave us for that. Um, you're at peace. Uh, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do, gives, do I give to you. Let not the heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Like, be at peace. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. Be at peace with the Lord. And so there's, there's more, and maybe I'll share them more as the night goes on, but I just want you to know, there, God says uh, in, the, in Scripture who you are in Him. And the moment we, first of all, don't read our word and are not sure of who we are in Him, then we start to rely on worldly tools to make ourselves feel better. But then that doesn't really lead us anywhere closer to Christ. That just maybe you'll get a little bit of a high of I feel good for a week and then something happens and then deep, dark depression, anxiety and all that. Yeah, I think the, the enemy loves to condemn, right? Bring condemnation. So even as you were talking about, oh, those are the things that I did in the past and, and that's what the enemy wants you to think about, dwell, dwell on and then really become a part of your identity. But you're saying, okay, that's not who I am. I am who Christ says I am. And so you just read those, whether it's aloud or you meditate on those, and that becomes a part of who you are. And uh, I was just thinking about this. Uh, you know, when my kids were younger, I don't do this anymore, but when my kids were younger, I would sit, you know, bedtime looked different then than it does now. And so I would take some time and I would go in the room, sit on the edge of their bed, and I would just take some time. And like for my daughter, I would say, you know, you're beautiful, right? And uh, she would look at me like, I am? I'm like, yeah, you are. You're, you're beautiful. Or I love you, or talking to my son, I love you, buddy, you're awesome, you know that, right? Just speaking these affirmations over them, why? Because I want that truth to be planted like a seed inside of them so that when they grow older, they have self-confidence and they know, they know who they are, they know whose who's they are, and that comes with that connection. And I think the same thing is, is with God, is when we know who we are in Christ, that gives us a level of confidence to say, the past is gone, now I can like walk my next steps out with boldness. Um, and I kind of wrote this down. When we embrace our identity in Christ, we must abandon any image of ourselves that is not from God. While you're just looking for and say, this is why I'm in Christ. And uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna think on those things and dwell on those things. I love that. And I think that sometimes the word can almost seem like it's coming from two different angles. And so, you know, this... This world's version of, of, you know, I'm okay. Like, I'm just in of myself. And, and we, you know, this idea to just look in the mirror and say all these affirmations that are um, secular. In other words, uh, not even necessarily evil, but it's, it's void of God. It's just, it's just in my flesh. I think I'm good enough. And I think, well, like, we note that that's not the case. And so, like, even if you were here on, uh, on Sunday uh, what I what I what I preached on Sunday was you know was just that man in our own nature and in our un uh, unregenerated unsaved self there's not much good and so um, so so that can be true 
But it can also be true that I am created in God's image and that I find my, my worth in him. And so like even, the, even those statements that uh, Pastor Matt read from Craig Rochelle, those seem like positive affirmations in one sense. But if, if you remember, they were all about who God said he was, not about who he was in and of himself. I think that's the, there's the sweet spot. Like that's the balance in all of this is if I, if I think I'm doing this on my own, if I think I am anything without God, that's kind of fool's gold. That's empty, really empty words at that point. But I don't want to allow then, you know, this, oh, I'm nothing. I don't, no, I, that can't carry over. If, if, if I'm living for God, if God's ordering my step, if God's anointed my life, if God's given me purpose, that's worth something. And the church should say amen to that. That, man, that, that I, can, I can wake up in the morning and feel like, you know, I'm, I'm here for a reason and, and we're, we're to accomplish some things. So there's always that balance of kind of figuring out kind of, uh, you know, which angle to, to take this on. I think one of those other balances, Israel, maybe you can speak to this, but, um, you know how Paul writes in, in uh, Philippians, consider others better than yourself. Um, and so wh- where does that go with my self-love? I, I, have, to, I have to love everybody else or, or prefer everyone else all the time over me? Like, wh- how do you think that thing plays yeah. out? Yeah, and it's funny because later it says, like, that is humility. And so it's like, okay, so humility is to think others above myself. Well, I already think little of myself, so that's real easy (laughs) to think others above yourself. No, God doesn't want us to think uh, badly of ourselves. God wants us to, first of all, know who we are in Him first, and then treat others as though they are more important than us, right? It's not a false, you know, let me give you an example of, like, the spectrum of, like, pride and humility, right? So, a proud thought would be, even with me being here, right? So a proud thought would be, yeah, I work really hard and I deserve to be here. That would be a proud thought. I don't think that. I don't deserve to be here. But yes, I've worked really hard. And I think a lot of you might, in your workplace, like, I work really hard and I deserve that raise. Or I deserve that, right? That would be like a, pride, a, a proud thought. I deserve this. Uh, false humility, which is also another form of pride, right? Which is saying, would be saying, no, I don't deserve to be here at all. I don't even know why they asked me to speak. They're so great, and I'm so not great, right? That's false humility because, and, and you've probably been around people, maybe you've been this person, where they're like baiting for like, you know, we're like, no, but you're amazing. You're beautiful. Yeah. No, I'm just, but my hair, I just, I don't like, I went to the haircut, I went to the barber, and I didn't like the way he did it. No, you look great and you're like really <laughs> but you like looked in the mirror yeah. it's like that's like false humility that's not real you're baiting people into talent to like filling you up before you're being filled by christ and so we need to make sure that we're not behaving in that way and that we don't talk to ourselves internally okay so that's pride that's false humility so then what would be humility right in this for me in this context is i don't deserve this because i'm here by god's grace but God has chosen me to be here, and so I will obey the Lord, and I will try to share what the Lord has done in my life, right? That's really good. That would be like an appropriate, like humble thought. 
not to say that I'm like, I had to like, I had to like go through that exercise even before. I'm like, no, like I can't think so low of myself that I, that I disrespect the cross and that I disrespect what God has done for me. I can't do that. I also can't think that I'm above what the cross has done. I'm like, well, no, yeah, I, I deserve this. And God's like, what? Like you deserve breath. Yeah. <laughs> and so we also can't live that way. And so I think a good thought, like, Yes, I don't deserve it, but God has been so good and so gracious that he would allow me to be a part of this. Yeah, I love that. I'm just amazed by you. This is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, I'm serious, right? Yeah. Isn't he doing great? Um, but really, where, why do you feel that way? It's because you've followed that first commandment, right? You're loving God yeah. with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. Otherwise, you would never come up with well, I need to be following Christ. I need to not disrespect the cross. And so you can't love yourself appropriately or have humility until you've loved God with all of those things. Thank you. Um, and I'll kind of come on something that Israel said too as he, as he talked about these different expressions, this false humility and then this arrogance and whatever. And, and all of that still, which he, he referenced, like all of that still lands under the umbrella of pride. And so pride is really just an overemphasis on myself. And so that can manifest in this, oh, I, like he said, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. And I'm fishing for somebody to constantly get my information from everywhere else but from God. That's still an overemphasis on self. Or I can walk in the room and be like, you all are below me. You all know that already. I am everything. What is that? It's an overemphasis on self. It's pride. Both of them are pride. We usually think of the arrogant side as pride, and we think of the other one as uh, insecurity. Um, but insecurity, really, again, it's, just, it's, it's an overemphasis on self, so it still comes out as pride. Um, any other thoughts on, on, on that and just this balance of, of humility in our dealing with others? Yeah, I just would like to share, like, this is something that, like, that, Again, back to what I shared earlier, we know what we've done in the past. It's very easy for us to think really lowly of ourselves and to not accept the forgiveness and the grace that God has so freely offered to us. We can disqualify ourselves from being utilized by God simply because we have not accepted God's love. We know how terrible we are. We, we, need, you know, we, we, we know that, we know what's going on in our hearts. And so as we concentrate on that, as we think so much on that, then we don't accept God's love and forgiveness. And so he forgave us last week when we came to the altar. And you haven't turned back to that. But then the next week, you're back, you know, thinking about the same thing. And the Lord is, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's so far from, from, from who you are now. You know, I, a couple of years when I first got hired, um, I was asked to help with the baptism uh, Sunday, and that was in 2022 or 2021, the first baptism Sunday after COVID. And I was officially on staff as the volunteer ministry coordinator. And helping put it all together the day of, somebody came up to me and said something like, you know, we're just going to do it like we did the last one. And I, and I go, when was the first one? When was the last one? They were like, 2019, before COVID. And it was crazy to me that the last time there was a baptism, in that moment, the last time there was baptism on Sunday, I was so far from God. I was, I was so far gone 
from all that God had for me, um, all that God had poured into me in the past, you know, and, and to see that literally like two, year, two calendar years later that I would have been not only forgiven enough, restored enough, redeemed enough, uh, all the bridges that had been burned that God would have restored it enough, not just to like come to church and be in good relationship with all of you and with obviously my leadership, but to have to the point to have been brought onto staff and then for me to be like, I don't know, I wasn't here for the last baptism Sunday. I was serving myself then. I wasn't even pretending to serve the Lord then. And so I think if, if, if we are allow ourselves to abandon what the Lord has forgiven us for, it will help us love, not ourselves because we're so great, but love what God has done in us and what he's continuing to do in yeah, us. Yeah, that's awesome. Betsy, can, amen. Can you speak to how we deal with these emotions from trying to forgive ourselves of the past? Yeah, um, just pausing and taking time to allow yourself to connect to those emotions. I think so many times we walk either in pride or in insecurity because we avoid those feelings. We want to escape what it feels like to accept the guilt. Um, we can go into shame, but we can sit with the guilt and recognize that, yes, I am a sinner and I do need a savior. We, we need to feel um, the, the hurts that maybe we've caused others and name those things, that leads us to repentance because we aren't running from it or running, um, hiding from those emotions. It allows us then to move to the next step, which if we're doing that in community, um, in a, a church, at the altar, in our Bibles, um, we are going to get past the emotion, and we are going to go to the truth that law, that the grace of God is freeing us from. Yeah, that's great. Yes, Matt. I'll just say this: that um, the altar is the first step, and then what happens the the day after, the morning after, the evening after is this resubmission, realigning your thoughts with the Lord, uh, even your heart, the position of your heart. So it's this this constant thing. And then the next day, you're doing, you're doing the same thing. And I think a lot of times we just get so busy with life and, and family and social media and just events and, and running that we never take time, kind of to your point, just to really allow God to allow us to process that the proper way. And uh, I, I, today I came across a quote from C.S. Lewis, and he's talking about uh, the, the fast-paced world that that we live in, still relevant to us today, but it says this, the very moment you wake up each morning, your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. You can relate to that, right? You wake up and it's like, it's go time. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back and listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And I just love that because it's like, hey, just stop. Just spend time in the presence of the Lord. And, and, you know, people call it meditate or if it's your quiet time or whatever. A lot of times that is completely foreign to Christians, but we're never gonna fully embrace who we are in Christ if we're void of that connection with God. It is a relationship with God. We do commune with God. And if we think we're gonna get 
whole and, and well any other way, we're just kind of fooling ourselves. So I, I was just challenged by that. Awesome. Will you give them a big hand for helping us tonight? Um, I want to just end tonight with one thought, and it's from John chapter 4. Um, John chapter 4, that's when, you, you, a lot of you know this story, but Jesus uh, goes through Samaria and he ends up meeting this woman at a well, and his disciples aren't there in that moment, and he begins to ask her for water, and she's there, it's the heat of the day, and uh, you know, she's, why are you asking me for water? And it's a whole, it's a whole thing that happens. Uh, he says, go check with your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. He goes, you're right, because you had five, and the one you're with now is not your husband. Like, he's reading her mail. He's, all, this, all this is going on. Something happens in that, uh, in that, in that uh, moment, in that conversation that he has with this woman, and it's significant. Verse 28. It says, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Um... The, the significant part of that is that she left her water jar there and, and, and went back and, and engaged with the people in the town. Why is that significant? Because before that, before her encounter with Jesus, she was hiding from people. She's at the well at the worst time to gather water. In that culture, the women would come gather water early in the morning when it was in the cool of the day. They would come as a group because there was some safety there in numbers. She's there by herself in the heat of the day. Why? Because she had told herself that her past mistakes had disqualified her from normal life. She had told herself her past mistakes had disqualified herself from perhaps, perhaps a relationship with God or certainly uh, impacting or influencing other people. And uh, I just think there's something significant that after she has this encounter with Christ, she leaves the water jug there. And I, I just think it symbolizes this is, this is why I used to come here and this is why I came here when I did and leaving that behind, uh, she goes back to town and she becomes a really a different person. And it started with an encounter with Christ but that encounter with Christ changed the way she saw herself. That's where, man that's, if, if you hear anything, we're, we're not here tonight saying that just, just love yourself because you're awesome. We're saying love yourself because God is awesome. That's what we're saying. And if, if God created you in his image and God sees fit to, to redeem you and to call you and to use you, then, man, that should be enough for all of us. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.